Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. We honor you, Jesus. Lift your hands if you would. If your hands aren't already lifted. Let's sing that again, Joyce. We honor you. Everybody join. We honor you. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Think about what you just sang. Think about what we just sang. What does it mean to honor Jesus? They have to be more than just words. First of all, we honor what you've done in dying on the cross for us. We honor your sacrifice for our sins. We honor your presence here in our midst. We honor the fact that you watched over us last night. We know that if the enemy would have his way, we wouldn't be standing here. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you for saving us. I'm glad that I'm saved. Jesus, we honor salvation. We don't play with our salvation. Hallelujah. When we enter into your house, into your sanctuary, into your holy place, we're mindful that we are in the presence of God. This is not like being at a football game, the library, at work, the hospital. This is the house of the Lord. So we honor you, Jesus. We honor the Father, we honor the Son, we honor the Holy Spirit. We honor all that gather together here in this sacred place. Do in this place only what you can do. This is, this, this, this is your house and we are your people. We honor your presence here. You're the only one that can save. You're the only one that can heal. You're the only one that can deliver. We honor you in your office today, Jesus. Now, before you get your Bible in your hand, come on, put your hands together. Come on, everybody. Bless them at home watching. Bless the name of Jesus. Come on, saints. 
Give God your strength. Give him your energy. Bless his name. Thank you, band. Thank you, worship team. We honor the Lord. God bless you. God bless the saints. Get your Bible or your electronic device, if you would, please, and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 7. And read a couple verses from there. Deuteronomy chapter 7. But before we do that, the first thing I'd like to do is thank everyone of you here and watching for your love and your kindness that you have shown me during my birthday in October and October being Pastor's Appreciation Month. Thank you for your love, your gifts, your kindness, your prayers. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. You have touched me in a very deep part of my life. And Pastor Devin, I want to thank you. Uh, you've shown so much love and appreciation for the body of Christ as you appreciate God's shepherds. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Pastor Deborah's birthday is the first, so that moves into November. But, you know, we kind of do them together. And uh, so we were away trying to get some rest, and we did. And so it's good to be back. Thank you. Love you. Come on, bless God for yourself. Say, we good. We good. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 7. There's a word from the Lord. Are you excited about the word? I know I am. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 8, 9, and 10. And the Bible reads, But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you. Somebody say, he redeemed me. Out of the house of the bondman from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Verse 9. Know, therefore, somebody say something we got to know. He says, know, therefore, that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Last verse, verse 10. And repayeth, somebody say, he repays them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not slack, to not be slack, rather, to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Amen. Let me pray and you can let them in from the back door. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Speak through your servant. Speak through this man of God. Words of life. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive so we can get the benefit and you can get the fruit out of us hearing and doing your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, then God bless you. You may be seated. You can let them in that are at the back. We're still in our series uh, about we, the body of Christ. We, the body of Christ. But this morning, I'm going to speak from a topic specifically titled, I've been redeemed. Look at someone uh, near you, next to you, and tell them, I have been redeemed. I really felt like shouting already. I, I'm not just saying that's not just preacher talk. Uh, I'm really excited because I know where this message is going. Again, Deuteronomy 7, verses 8 through 10. But because the Lord loved you, tell somebody because he loved me. 
Do you really, do you really know God loves you? But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep his oath that he swore to your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out. He brought you out. He brought us out. So I, I think sometimes we forget where God brought us from. You know, maybe, you know, we need to have more testimony services like old school so we can remember that God brought us out of something. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, you know, listen, hey, you looking good, cute and handsome right now. But some of y'all know you used to be toe up from the flow up. And if it wasn't for the grace of God on you, we wouldn't want to sit next to you. you, you some of y'all don't know what we used to be. Y'all, some of y'all just looking around. I ain't going to tell my testimony, but I, I want you to know God has done something in my life. God kept a promise to me. He brought us out with a mighty hand. I was in some stuff. I needed God's mighty hand. I know some of y'all were so nice and cute, and you didn't really need a whole lot to get saved and get delivered. You didn't have a whole lot of problems. You didn't even cuss. I can look at you, see how nice and sweet you used to be. But people like me, I needed a mighty hand to pull me out of what I was in. Am I alone in here? Has anybody got pulled out of someone? See, we're forgetting, we're forgetting, we're forgetting that God pulled you out of something. You were trapped in it. You couldn't get out of it. But God's mighty hand pulled you out. And he goes on to say, and the Lord redeemed you. Somebody said, the Lord redeemed me. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. The Lord redeemed me. I've been redeemed. Are you saved? If you're saved, then you've been redeemed. And, and, and if you're a note-taking person like everybody else in this church, you'll write this down. Redeemed means, to redeem means to buy back. To buy back, to recover by purchase. To recover by purchase. It means to pay the price to own. I'm going to say it again. To redeem means to buy back. God, if you're saved, God through Jesus bought you back from the devil. See, now you know how mighty his hand had to be to get you out of the devil. Because some of us was with the devil and full of the devil all at the same time. Man, I feel like walking around prophesying. Because some of us don't really know how much the devil really had us. It means to buy back. It means to recover by purchase. There had to be a price paid for you. We didn't just get saved because we felt something that day. A price had to be paid. Your sin and my sin cost something. And because God created us, because he's our creator 
and our original owner, he decided to pay us back or pay for us or pay the price to own us again. Well, you didn't hear me. God says you and I were too valuable to stay property of Satan. God says you are so valuable, I'll pay whatever price is required to get you back. Somebody ought to just thank him right there. Somebody should run to the altar and say, God, I want to be saved. Somebody watching falling on their knees saying, God, I want to be saved. If I'm that important to you that you bought me back, there's something I need to learn about myself. There's something I need to learn about myself if the creator of the world and the universe didn't want me to stay in the hands of the devil. There's something about me I need to know. Wow. And then verse 9 says, no. Somebody say no. Say it again. Say no. No. Say it like you had your coffee. Say no. No. Write this down. Anything that can be known needs to be learned. (laughs) Anything that can be known means you must first learn it. We can know that the Lord is God, we can learn that he is the only God, we can learn that he is a faithful God, and we must learn that God keeps his promises. We have to learn these things about God to understand why he would redeem us. Anything that can be known needs to be learned. Isn't that what Jesus said? Take my yoke upon you and learn to me. I've said this before. It's worth saying again. We don't come to church just to have church. We come to church to learn about Jesus. Because, you know, we can have church and not learn anything. We can feel good while we're at church, feel good on the way home, but not learn much. So then we won't know why we're redeemed. We won't learn why we're so, why we're so important to God. Tell someone, I am extremely important to God. See, when we learn that Jehovah, Elohim, God, when we learn that he's the only God and he's the faithful God, the one that keeps his promises and is merciful to those that follow him for a thousand generations, you stop worrying about your children. When we learn that God says, if you obey my commandments, I will watch over you for a thousand generations. Then we realize the most important thing, the most important, I didn't say the only important, but the most important thing about our children is teaching them the ways of the Lord. Because they can become rich and famous and live wild and out. 
They can become rich and famous and start talking like Kanye. But if you teach them the ways of the Lord, how to obey what God says, they will learn what you're learning. That you have been redeemed. That I've been bought with a price and my life don't belong to me. Stop telling your children they can do whatever they want to do. You can be whatever you want. You cannot be whatever you want to be. You can only be what God ordained you to be. And you can only find that out through God. Stop telling them that. That's a lie. We must learn the other side of being redeemed. That's what I call it. The other side of being redeemed is learning that God pays back destruction to those that hate him. You need to learn that. You won't play with God when you realize God will get you back. That's what the Bible, I'm in in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. We must learn, we must also learn that God pays destruction to those who hate him. He never takes long to pay back anyone who hates him. That's what the scripture just said. Hmm. So as we look at both sides of redemption, we see that God paid the price for us that are saved and bought us back from Satan. Satan is a slave master. Write that down. It's going to get deep now. Satan, the devil, whatever name you want to give him, he's a slave master. Because of the fall of Adam and, of course, Eve, mankind became slaves to Satan, slaves to sin. Our minds, our wills, and our emotions now belong to him. That's why Jesus came. Psalm 34, 22. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants. Not your body, but our soul, our mind, our will and emotion. God wants your mind back. (laughs) So Jesus paid the price. God wants our minds back. He wants our will back. And he wants our emotions intact. I want you all over the place. When Satan is your master, you all over the place. One minute you're laughing, the next minute you're crying, you're manic. That's when your slave master has your soul. But the Lord paid the price for the souls of his servants. That's what Psalm 34, 22 says. And it says, and none of them that trusted him shall be desolate. That word desolate there means held guilty or suffer punishment. When you and I got saved, when we received salvation, Jesus Christ bought us back and we don't have to worry about feeling guilty. Somebody shake yourself of all guilt right now. 
If you're saved, you're not guilty of anything. Jesus took upon himself the sin and the guilt of the whole world. And when you and I accepted him as our Lord and our Savior, there is no condemnation. There is no guilt on you. You need to be smiling every day you wake up all through the day because I'm just as innocent as I can be. Because I was bought with a price, Jesus paid the price so we could be free of guilt. You can't put no guilt trip on me. And then the other aspect of that is we are free from punishment. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, you didn't get it. We're free from punishment. Say that with me. We're free from punishment. You know what that means? If something is going wrong in your life, God's not punishing you. If something's out of order in your life, it's not because God is punishing you. It's either one or two things happening. It's either the devil or God is testing you. And if it's a test, you're going to pass it. Tell somebody, I'm about to pass this test. It's just a test. Sickness is just a test. The struggle is just a test. The financial hardship, it's just a test. It's not punishment, my brother, my sister. God is not punishing you. He might be testing you because you ain't giving. It's a test. God's trying to get you to realize it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's either the devil or a test, but it's not punishment. Get that, get that, get rid of that. Oh, I, I didn't say three Hail Marys yesterday. You ain't Catholic anyway. Because, you know, I, I remember years and years ago growing up and hearing people say, I didn't get that job. I didn't get that job because me and my wife had an argument. That ain't God. That's people. People do that. God is not like that. God keeps his promises to those that are redeemed. Let me help you understand. Let's go further. Um, turn to Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Wow. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. This is a song of David. This is a song of David. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. When you've been redeemed, there's so many benefits to being a part of God's family that we need to remember. Because the devil don't mind reminding you of all the stuff he want to do to you. He goes on to say, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. All of them. There's nothing God won't forgive you for. Mm -mm -mm. Who healeth all thy diseases. God will heal all your diseases, whether in this life or the one to come. And here's verse 4 where we are today. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. We got to remember these. These are benefits of being bought, paid for, owned by God, part of his family. This is what we need to remember. He redeems our life from destruction. 
He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Just receive some mercy right now. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Somebody under the sound of my voice, you've been too hard on yourself. Somebody in here right now, you've been too hard on yourself. Anytime something bad happens, well, I deserve that. I, I know that's the devil. Man, I wish I had time. Somebody, stand up if you've been too hard on yourself. Just don't, go ahead, stand up. I see, sometimes I worry about these cameras and social media. Folk don't want to, somebody going to see me. Lift your hands. You, 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 see, God, when you want to move a God, I love that. You're not afraid to stand on your feet. You've been too hard on yourself. You've been harder on yourself than God has been. And that's listening to the wrong voices. That's Satan being lying to you through all kinds of people and situations, telling you you don't deserve to be healed, blessed. You don't deserve to have peace in your head, in your heart. You need to let that go. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. God is not condemning you. Jesus paid the price for you and I to be free. I speak freedom into your spirit, into your soul, freedom into your mind, into your mind, my brother, my sister. Let it go. Let it go. Get it out of your mind and get it in your mind that God keeps his promises and you are his child and he's not reserving you for destruction or punishment god is ready to bless you you must by faith receive it in your mind let don't let your emotions run all over the place stop letting your emotions try to teach you what god can only teach you your emotions are lying to you. Your feelings are temporary, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Somebody say, I receive that. All right, then put your hands together and take your seat. You gotta be, you've been too hard on yourself. See, redemption, write this down too. Redemption is also an act of deliverance and revenge. Or payback. We read that in the beginning of scriptures in Deuteronomy 7. Redemption is an act of deliverance and revenge. Proof text. Psalm 56, 13. For thou hast delivered. That also means rescue. Deliverance is rescue. God is rescuing somebody in their mind first. Got to pull you out of your, in your mind first before he can pull you out in real life. Got to pull you out in your mind pull you out of that pit in your mind, pull you out of depression in your mind, then things around you will change. Psalm 56, 13, thou hast delivered or rescued my soul from death, my mind. Some folk die in their mind before they die in their body. You die in your mind before your marriage dies. You die in your mind before your finances die. You die in your mind before your dreams die. You got to keep your mind alive. Somebody say, I got to keep my mind alive. God will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind on him. You got to keep your mind on him. Thou hast delivered or rescued my soul from death. Thou wilt not deliver my feet. Wilt thou deliver my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living. 
This is how God begins to manifest redemption in our lives. It starts in our minds and we walk out of that dark place and we start walking in the light of his presence. Nahum 1 and 2. God (laughs) is a jealous God. He does not tolerate rivals. The Lord takes revenge. Say revenge. Revenge. The Lord takes revenge and is full of anger. The Lord takes revenge against his enemies and holds a grudge against his foes. (laughs) Verse 3. The Lord is patient and has great strength. The Lord will never let the guilty go unpunished. Somebody take a deep breath. The guilty will never go unpunished. See, sometimes we stay up at night, we're frustrated and angry because of all the injustices done to us and our family over the years, and you wonder when anything is going to happen in your favor. I want you to know today, God says, the guilty will never go unpunished. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. You don't have to get folk back. Stop thinking like, I got to get them. I, oh, they ain't getting away with that. Can we, can we be real? Let, 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 let me, let me, let me. <laughs> Let's talk about a, a, one that we all have experienced on some level if you, if you have license to drive. <laughs> You're on the expressway and they oh, no, you ain't getting away with that. See, that causes road rage and folks are stabbing and shooting. Now, you don't want to do that. Let them, just let them go on past you. Just, go, just let them go. Just let them go. Write this down. God pays for the righteous, but he pays back the wicked. Say that again. God pays for the righteous, but he pays back the wicked. <laughs> Here's another way to say it. God avenges the righteous, but takes revenge on the unrighteous. Somebody needed to hear that today because you've been playing with God. And you don't know God is going to get some revenge. You didn't hear all this grace, 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 grace. Well, there's a grace period which means grace comes to an end. And we're fastly approaching the time where grace is coming to an end. It's called the Lord's Day. It's the day of God's vengeance. God's going to get every lying, wicked person that was in church, out of church. Don't make no difference. He knows. He's got books. We talked about that last week. Everything we've done is written in a book, and the book's going to get balanced. So redemption has two sides. It's God paying for the righteous and paying back the wicked. God pays the price necessary to balance the books. 
God's going to balance the books of our lives. For those of us that are saved or born again, Jesus is our, here's a biblical word for you, kingdom word. He's our kinsman redeemer. Write that down. Kinsman redeemer. K-I-N-S, redeemer. He's our kinsman redeemer. It's an Old Testament principle that's carried throughout the whole Bible. That's why you got to read the whole Bible. Just don't be one of those New Testament. Oh, it's a New Testament. I'm a new covenant. No, no, read the whole Bible. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. There's many examples of it. One of the primary examples of a kinsman redeemer is found in the book of Ruth. Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. What is a kinsman redeemer? Well, kinsman redeemer is made up of two words. First is the word kin, K-I-N. You know, back in the day, we used to call folk kinfolk. I got, I got some kinfolk in here today. <laughs> that means we got the same blood. We kin. Come on, bro, Russell Jr. <laughs> we kin. Kinfolk. That's what it means to be kin. They're blood relatives. Do you know Jesus is now our blood relative? Hey, it, hallelujah, hallelujah. Tell you, I feel like running. Those of us that are born again, Jesus is not just our Lord and Savior. He's our brother. He's my blood relative. My God, my God. He's my blood. I feel something right now. He's my blood relative. Jesus, the Christ, is my blood relative. In, in, in God's economy, or in the kingdom of God, from the Old Testament forward, a blood relative is the only one that has the right to act on your behalf concerning all legal matters. Yeah, God, somebody understands what I'm talking about. Somebody understands what I'm talking about. They're going to go back to the blood, okay? Your daddy gone, your uncle, who's around? We were going through some probate with my my granddaddy's land in Oklahoma, and, and they had to find out who all was a living that was a Logan. Only Logans have legal rights to the mineral rights on the land. So Jesus, our blood brother, gives us all the, you don't even know how many rights you have. You better understand, that's why you gotta learn what it means to be redeemed because Jesus, your big brother, your blood brother, gives you rights in all realms of the heavens and the earth. Tell somebody some things are about to turn around in my life because of my kinsman redeemer. Hey, hallelujah. Jesus has legal rights concerning everything about my life. You better let the devil know who your brother is. Spider. You want some of this word? He's in spider heaven. (laughs) Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. So he's kin. He's blood. Redeemer. Write this down. As redeemer, the redeemer is someone who pays the price to buy back something that once belonged to the family. 
I want somebody to know you're about to get back some things that the devil stole from your granddaddy, from your mama, from your great great. It's about to come back into your life as you learn, as you understand what it means to be redeemed. It belongs in this family. There's land, property. Watch this. Souls that belong to God, that do not belong to the devil, and you and I are going to go and redeem them. We're going to go and tell them, you shouldn't be serving the devil. Why are you in this nightclub? You know you ain't happy. Why you keep trying to get high? You still ain't high. You didn't have blunts and drinks and alcohol. You belong to God. You'll never be happy in this world. It's time to get it back. Somebody say, it's time to get it back. So a kinsman redeemer is the result of putting these two words together. It means the closest blood relative who willingly regains the possession of something or someone by paying the redemptive price. Jesus paid the redemptive price. He says, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. In the, from the foundation of the world, God needed somebody to redeem us. And it had to be somebody that was connected to him and connected to us. See, when you read it in the, in the Old Testament, during Jubilee, every 50 years, all slaves and land that was sold was given back to the previous owner. In God's economy, nobody stayed broke and nobody stayed poor. But because of the kinsman redeemer, you didn't have to wait 50 years. It was possible to have all your land and your property given back before Jubilee. Leviticus 25, write the scripture down so you can go home and read it. Leviticus 25, 48, 49 through 51. Just 48 through 51. It was possible for one of your brothers, nearest of kin to you, to redeem by paying the price of redemption. You could get back everything through your kinsman redeemer. You don't have to wait for Jubilee. <laughs> the only thing is, write this down, your kinsman redeemer had to be wealthy enough to pay the price. You gotta be able to pay the price. There's, there's no haggling. This ain't you town. This ain't your homeboy. Man, all I got is a 20 on me, man. I knew you want 25. No, you got to be able to pay the full price. Somebody said a full price. See, let me, let, me, let, me, let me help you understand this a little bit better. Some of you will understand this right away. The most luxurious, high-quality items, there's no haggling. It costs what it costs. 
In other words, if you can't afford it, it ain't for you. That means it's just some stores just, just don't even go in, just look from the window. Ain't no sense in going in there. <sighs> what am I trying to say? My brothers and my sisters, you cost what you cost. Tell somebody, ain't nothing cheap about me in the eyes of God. Tell them, ain't nothing cheap about me in the eyes. You know, you don't, you know, you know, there's nothing cheap. I'm made in the image and light. Wait, 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 wait. You don't understand how God sees me. See, you're so concerned about how they see you on social media and what they say about you, but you need to begin to see yourself the way God sees you. And when you see yourself the way God sees you, you realize you are priceless. You are fearfully and, oh, help me, Jesus, and wondrously made. You are a masterpiece. You are priceless. There's not another like you anywhere in the world. And you're worth the price that Jesus paid for your salvation. That's why you live saved. Because you know your worth. Listen, my brothers and my sisters, when you understand your worth, Fornication don't appeal to you no more. When you realize your worth, what is a blunt? What is a one-night stand? I'm, worth, uh -uh, I'm not going to lose what I gained for 20 minutes of fun with you. You better hear the preacher today. You don't know your worth. When you really understand, you can say, bruh, you, you built, man. You fine. Bruh, you got six. Man, you look good. But you know what? Get out of my face. You can say, girl, ooh, you shaped up. But bye. I've been redeemed. I cost more than what it's worth to be with you. Huh? Do you know what you're Slap somebody upside. I mean, high five and say, do you know what you're worth? See, see now, and, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fair and, and, and equitable here at this. See, when you're young, you can't think like this. It's hard. I shouldn't say you can't. You can, but it's really hard when you're young because you think you're so cute, <laughs> you're so smart. Yeah, but when you start getting old, you you lose your hair and all the stuff that you, your little little. You, you, <laughs> The stuff you used to brag about, you ain't got that no more. <laughs> you ain't got a six pack, now you got a spare tire. You ain't got nothing but some spiritual worth because your natural worth deteriorated a little bit. You see what I'm saying? I love all y'all. Don't get mad at me. But our kinsman redeemer has to be wealthy enough and willing to pay the price. And only Jesus is wealthy enough to pay the price for our souls. And only Jesus is willing to do it.
That's why he deserves our worship. That's why he deserves our praise. That's why he deserves our service. Oh, you better get this today. I don't let anybody stop me from praising God because I know he's the only one that was willing to pay the price for me. I'd have still been in my sin. I'd be dead. I'd be jacked up. But he said, no, James Logan is worth it. And because he said I was worth it and was willing to pay the price, he gets my praise. He gets my worship. He gets my devotion. He gets my tithe. He gets my offering. He gets my voice. He gets my love. He gets my devotion. He gets my, hey, thank you, Jesus, for seeing the worth in me. Hallelujah. Romans 7, 14, let me finish this message. The Bible says in Romans 7, 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Someone say sold under sin. Sold under sin. Let, let me help you understand what that means. The entire, the entire human race through Adam excuse me, was sold under sin. So what that literally means is when you and I weren't saved, we were trafficked. There's deliverance in the house. Trafficked. Oh, Shambhala Sika. Trafficked. The devil trafficked you. Pimped you. Making you do what you don't want to do. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. There's a few men in here. I'm not going to point you out, like myself. Remember how the devil used to make you get up at 2 in the morning, go to the dr dr drug house, dope man? You don't have to say nothing. Don't say nothing. Remember, when, remember the devil used to make you get out of bed with your wife and go, go to a hotel and meet another woman? You were trafficked. Make you take money out of your bank account to feed your family and go get high. Trafficked. He made you do it. You didn't always want to do it. Just like anybody pimped. It's in your head that if you don't do it, you'll get beat. You're going, you got to do it. It's in your soul. It's in your mind. I got to do it. Got the, I can't help it. That's you, you being trafficked. Devil take you from one place to another. You go, to one, you go from one city to another. You say, I ain't going to do it when I move. Or the devil move you to another city and you do it worse. You're being trafficked. That Satan is the biggest pimp there ever was. Satan is a pimp. That's why some of y'all looking at me just like you're looking at me right now. Because the devil took you where you didn't want to go, made you do what you didn't want to do, kept you there longer than you wanted to stay. That's why you need to praise him because you've been redeemed. God got you out of that. Ain't no sense in you up in here playing with God. You need to be grateful that 
he, woo, he broke the powers of the pimp over your life. My God in heaven. He paid for me to get out of that lifestyle. He paid for me to be set free. He came in and rescued me so I don't have to be trafficked. Most of us would be dead if we were still being trafficked. Some of you need to thank God you got high for the last time. Because you would have got high one more time, you'd be dead. You need to thank God you stopped selling that last ounce, that last eight ball. You need to thank God you stopped selling. Because if you'd have sold one more, you'd be dead. You need to be grateful. You quit committing adultery and fornication. But if you'd have did it one more time, you'd have got AIDS and died. A husband or a wife would have shot you. I'm glad I'm redeemed. Are you? Are you glad that you are redeemed? Yay! I'm glad he bought the price, paid the price for me, and bought me back from the devil. The devil don't have no, no power over me. The devil had no power over you if you've been redeemed. Let me ask you a question. How many of you bought something at Walmart last week? Can Walmart come to your house and take it back? Why? Because it's yours. The devil can't come and take you from God. The devil can't come and take you out of the house of God. When you understand you've been redeemed. Now he can take you if you don't want to stay. If you don't want to be saved, don't blame the preacher. Blame your unrenewed mind. Ha <laughs> ha! When you and I or anyone is trafficked by the devil, you are merchandised. He's making money off you sinning. Write it down. Think about all the money that went into the kingdom of darkness because of your alcoholism, drug use, fornication, craziness. Think of all the court costs. You're being merchandised. He's using you to sin to support the world. But we got folks that are still challenged bringing their tithe and offering to the church to support the kingdom. Hmm. But you'll think nothing about buying some alcohol. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember because I haven't kept up with this. But I, I remember, I think, maybe the 90s or early 2000s, there was this big push in certain communities to shut down drive-through liquor stores. Some, anybody ever heard that? You know why? It shouldn't be that easy. 
to drink and drive. The devil is making it easy to merchandise you, to pimp you. But then folk get mad, we ain't going to do it, I don't think. Then folk get mad, they got an ATM in the church. See how you're thinking? You need your mind renewed. You need to learn what it means. We talking real good today. Y'all all right? We, we, we all right? <laughs> we talking real good today. See, I can talk like that because I used to be pimped by the devil. I worked for him real good. I don't want to get into that testimony. Let's move on with the work. Right there. <laughs> now see Elder James. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Man. See, folks don't like to tell their real testimony anymore. Romans 7. Turn to Romans 7. I, I got to move on. But before we go there, let me say this to you. The reason people sin continually, who this is going to help you. The reason people sin continually is because they are owned by Satan and sold out, trafficked and pimped to sin for him. If you cannot stop sinning, you're owned by Satan. <laughs> First John says, those that are born of God cannot commit sin because God's seed remains in them and they cannot practice sin. So if you can't stop sinning, Satan is your pimp. He pimping you. I'm in the Bible. Now let's look at Romans 7, beginning at 15. Paul says, for that which I do, I allow not. In other words, I'm doing what I don't want to do. What's wrong with me? I, I don't want to do that, but I keep doing it. He says, for what would I that I do not, but I hate that that I do. If you keep doing what you hate, you're being pimped and merchandised. The devil is using you to sin, to hurt other people and hate yourself. There's nothing worse than trying to live saved and keep failing. Verse 16, Paul says, if then I do that which I don't want to do, I consent to the law that it is good. At least I got enough sense to know what I'm doing is wrong. That's what he's saying. If I keep saying, at least I know that's wrong. You, you, you ain't too far gone, but at least you know you're wrong. <laughs> There's folks sinning and they think they're right. They call them good, evil, and evil good. Verse 17, here it is. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that lives in me. Ooh, so then righteousness doesn't live in you. Christ isn't alive in you. Satan and sin is alive in you. So you keep doing sin. You're not redeemed yet. You might go to church, sing in the choir. You might even be a preacher. 
but you're not redeemed yet. You're going through the motions with other redeemed people. Yeah. Oh God. Uh. You ever, you ever, you ever known a booster? We getting real and raw today. Some folk can't say amen. It's all right. It's all right. It was, we family though. We family. Ain't no cameras on nobody but me. But have you ever known a booster? I knew a booster one time. I knew a, actually more than one, but uh, a, 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 a booster. Oh, I'm sorry. Some of y'all don't know what a booster is. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm from the streets. I just think everybody from the streets. Okay, so <laughs> I didn't go to MIT. I didn't go to Harvard. I didn't do none of that. I didn't do none of that. I was in the <laughs> So a booster is someone that steals for a living. But wait, 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 no, no, no. They real good. <laughs> this is hyperbole. They can walk out with a 37-inch TV in a jacket like this. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say. <sighs> so... <laughs> <laughs> if you ever been around a booster, you could be in the store, and you in the checkout line. They standing right with you, with that fifty-seven inch TV right there, like that. <laughs> and they just as cool. You don't even know they got it. They more comfortable than you. That's what it's like being in church with unredeemed folk. They just as cool as you. They praise God. Preach, preach it. They got that 57 inch TV right here. <laughs> they ain't saved. They just know how to act like they saved until they get home and pull out that 57 inch TV. The reason, hear me, my brothers and sisters, we're getting close. The reason people sin is because sin is in their nature. Until the sin nature is dealt with, sin will repeat itself in your life. Every, listen very carefully, every living thing has a nature. Every living thing. Apples have a nature of being apple trees. Every apple tree behaves the same way. Deer have a nature. Right around this time of year, people go deer hunting because deer are rutting and they're do so they have a nature. You can, you can, like clockwork, follow how they're going to behave because of their nature. Here's one. Roaches have a nature. Okay, let's move on from that one. So every... Every living creature has a nature. Yet, only man can know his own nature. Only man can know his own nature, and only God can change man's nature. 
See, everyone under the sound of my voice, since you just heard this, your nature is flashing before you. What do I mean by that? If you're a liar, you know you be lying. And you know when you're lying. And you think about lying before you lie. Because it's in your nature. And if you're a liar, you got to think about your lies because you got to tell a lie that go along with the last lie you said. If you're a womanizer, that's in your nature. You get it. You get it. Man through God can renew our minds and be transformed and become someone else or get a new nature. This is what discipleship and salvation is all about. It's the continuous study of God's word that changes our minds and changes and alters our nature. The reason uh, uh, a physician or a brain surgeon makes so much money is because they spent so much time studying the brain that it's in their nature to be able to operate on your brain and help you. They spend more time studying the brain than anything else. So in their nature, in their minds, they understand the brain in ways most people do not. It's the same thing in the kingdom. The more you study the word of God, the more you'll understand spiritual things and you'll understand your nature. That's why Paul says the Bible is a mirror. It shows you and I who we really are, apart from all the hype your flying friends is telling you. Second <laughs> Corinthians 5:17. If what? Any man be in Christ, they are what? New creations. They got a new nature. Old things, the old nature has passed away and they have a new nature. Now they're acting more like God because they are godly. See, once God buys us back, he gives us a new nature. And that nature is his nature. Write it down, write it down. Once God buys us back, he gives us a new nature, which is his nature. Romans 12 and 2, let me finish. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So that you can prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. He goes on to say, don't let the world shape your thoughts. Don't let the world keep pimping you. You know... If I wanted to get in trouble this morning with you or some, I would bring up some controversial things that are going on in our culture that you don't really know what to think about it and you vacillate. I mentioned one person earlier that was kind of simple, unless you're really, really in love with Kanye and that means he's like a god to you. But Allowing the world to shape how you think is very dangerous. 
Okay, I think I got enough people with me that I can say this. Now, I don't know this lady. I've only seen stories, images, not a whole lot because I'm not into that thing kind of thing. But, but she's relatively famous. And she, in my humble opinion, based on what we just read in the scriptures, she needs her mind renewed. That may be happening, I don't know. But to be Lizzo and say your body is beautiful and you don't need to change it is letting the world shape your thinking. Because I'm not saying she ain't beautiful, she just ain't my type of beautiful. There go my type of beautiful right there. But anybody with some kind of biology understanding will know if you are grossly overweight, that's probably not the healthiest you can be. So somewhere you need your mind renewed so you can see yourself the way God sees you and stop letting the world tell you you're beautiful while you're dying. You're being pimped by the world. They're paying you to look like that until you die and then they'll get another woman that look just like her and pay her. That's what the world does. Come on, come on, come on. Let, 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 let me, let me, let's just real talk for a minute. I'll, get, I'll finish with this. Up. See, there's this, there's this, there's this, uh, this program called Unsung. All you got to do is watch about five of them and say, man, all famous people die tragically, don't they? Now, I don't see too many famous people that die happy without God. That's the world pimping you. The world lets you make a few hits and make a whole bunch of money and your life fall apart. And you keep making money for the next record deal and the record comes. And the world keeps making money off of you while you die. Tragically. And we ain't got it yet. We ain't figured it out yet. You still won't be rich and famous. You ain't got it yet. Because you're trafficked. Stockholm Syndrome. Traumatized by your fame and your success. And you're telling everybody else, I'm going to do one more since I'm on this bandwagon. <laughs> I like sports, but I'm angry because I can't watch a sporting event on television without somebody trying to make me bet on it. Okay, yeah, I just got to come on, move on from that. Move on there. Don't let the world shape your thoughts, your ideas, and your opinions. Let the Word of God do that. Be transformed. Prove you've been bought. Prove who you, prove who you belong to. Prove who you belong to by how you live. By renovating, upgrading your mind. Upgrading your intellect, your thoughts, and your understanding. I, I know there are a few people in here that renovate houses and, and, and flip them, they call it, make money. Um, you're not going to just beautify the yard and put new trees and landscape and paint and don't do anything on the inside. Some of the most important things you got to look out for is the electrical work and the plumbing. Because you, you, could, you could re-face, beautify, and open concept, 
brand new furniture, stage it beautiful. But if you never fix the electricity, you can burn the whole thing down. You got to fix the wiring. See, see, for the believer, for us, the wiring is your mind. If you don't get the wiring fixed, you can fix all this up. You can get a nice house, a nice car, and burn the whole thing down because the wiring is jacked up. Your wiring is jacked up. Sin must be paid for. Say that with me. Sin must be paid for. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. The wages, the payment for sin is death. Not I'm sorry, God. Too late for that. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the only payment for sin is death or the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9.22, almost all things are by law purged or cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sin. Notice he says, by law. You think that means the law of Moses. This is the law of God because this was instituted before Moses came along. In God's economy, the only thing that will forgive and cleanse is the blood. Romans 7, 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Write down body of death. Body of death. So what Paul is trying to help us understand is sin has a body or a structure or material frame. <laughs> made up of many members like the body of Christ. It's a body. It's a framework. It's a structure. The body of Christ is a framework. It's not a physical body, a, a material earthly body. It's a structure. It's a framework. So does sin. Sin has a structure. It's called the world. <laughs> if you're in the world, you're in the body of sin. So what you going to do? You're going to sin because you're in the world. That's what the world does. The world sins. The body of death is also our mortal bodies that are full of passions, desires, and lusts, which joined to all human flesh is a massive corruptive unit that sin controls. Mm -mm -mm. Hebrews 10, 5. For this reason, when Christ came into the world, he said, you did not want sacrifices and offerings, but you prepared a body for me, a body for me. Only a body can pay the price for another body. Like for like. That's what exchange is all about. The money we pay for things should say what the value of that thing is. That's why you never want to overpay for anything. It's like for like. So to understand how important and, val and valuable we are to God, the reason Jesus paid the price for us, should help you know how valuable you are. 
because the New Testament said the blood of bulls and goats could never pay the price for our sin. It took Jesus, the son of God, to pay the price for our sin. So it lets you know how much sin cost. Mm. It helps us understand how much sin costs so that we don't play with sin. Come on, you don't let your little two-year-old kid or grandson play with your $30,000 wedding ring. Put that up. Give me that ring. You don't even let them play with your car keys. Because you understand the value and you know they don't. When you don't, when you don't handle your life right, you're letting the realm of the spirit know you don't know how valuable you are. Angels, oh, you don't know how valuable. Demons, oh, they don't know. They don't know they were bought with a price. They don't know how valuable they are. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. Though he was rich, our kinsman redeemer was rich. But he became poor. He paid it all. He paid. That's the song. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Jesus paid the price for our redemption. Though he was rich, he became poor so that through his poverty, we might become rich. You better tell somebody you sit next to one of the wealthiest people on the planet because of what Jesus did for me. Hallelujah. Jesus paid the full price for our redemption. Hear this now. So we could receive the full price or the full benefit of his life. You and I get the full benefit of being a blood brother of Jesus. Everything that belonged to him belonged to us. That's why we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody tap into your wealth. Tap into the benefits. Tap into the power of having yourself redeemed. My last scripture, turn to Revelation chapter 5. I'm done. This is so good. I didn't mean to go this long. It just felt good. Revelation chapter 5, beginning at verse number 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Written within and on the backside, excuse me. Sealed with seven seals. Verse 2. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Verse three. And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither even look on it. Verse number four. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open the book. He said, I wept much. Because there's no man found worthy to open a book or read from the book, neither to look thereon. Verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe. Didn't we read it? Didn't we sing about him today? Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Verse 7. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts, the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Verse nine. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and has redeemed us and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, out of every tongue and people and nation. Verse 10 and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Everyone stand please. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed so we can be made kings and priests. We've been redeemed and we've been made kings and priests. We were bought and transformed. We were paid for the value of our worth so God could make us who we really are, kings and priests. Bow your heads, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, you allow me to stand before kings and priests to preach and teach your gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of the kingdom. Today I pray that your people, those that are watching as well, would realize the value of who they are because of the price that you paid. I pray for transformation to take place in the soul, in the mind, the will, the emotion. I pray in the name of Jesus that somebody today that heard this message would want to be redeemed, that they would want to stop being trafficked by the enemy, that they would stop allowing Satan to traffic them and make them sin and make money off the sin that they do and that they commit and cause others to commit sins because of the sins they watch them do. Because you are angry with the wicked every day and the guilty will never go unpunished. Anyone in the here today under the sound of my voice, if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, if you're ready to step out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the son of God, if you're tired of being trafficked, you're just, ooh, I feel it, I feel it. Somebody's tired in their soul. Step out of your seat and come to the altar. Somebody watching, you were going to commit suicide just last night. So tired of being trafficked. So tired of doing the same sin over and over. It's draining you from the inside out. Today is your day. For the precious blood of Jesus to wash you, to cleanse you, to pay for you, and snatch you out of the hand of the wicked one. Come on, worship team. 
The altar is open. If you're not saved, if you're backslidden, and let me say this, we haven't done this in a while. If you want to join this church, come right now. Come now. Just come. Any one of those three, come out of your seat right now. Somebody, me, we'll pray for you. We want your rescue. We want you to be delivered. We want the blood of Jesus to purge you, cleanse you, and pay the price for you to come out of the world in the name of Jesus. Elders, would you come and just stand to face the people? Somebody going to come and let you pray for them.
All right, bow your heads. Amen. You've had the opportunity to step into the presence of God. You've had the opportunity to leave the trafficking, Satan under his control. You've had the opportunity to get your nature changed. And I pray that some of that have been watching have done just that. So let me pray this last prayer. Father, I thank you for your word today. I know because you said it, it won't return to you void. We thank you for it accomplishing what it's designed to accomplish. So we thank you for the souls, the minds, the will, the emotions that will no longer be trafficked by Satan. Sin will not continue in their lives. We pray that your seed, the seed of your word and your spirit will continue to grow in them and renew their minds and you will get fruit of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.